Man, plans are made to be broken, aren't they? Last week, some unforeseen stuff happened, and I had to shift my release plans around, and Rat Queens got released a little earlier than planned. But hey, silver linings to plans getting messed up? I suddenly had some free time to read more comics, and some of these I've been wanting to read for a while. So let's have us another solo run, shall we? And chat about that sweet, sweet sequential art. Welcome back to the comics that we love, a show where I sit down with a guest each week to take our favorite stories in comics and dissect what makes them great. Sometimes the creators themselves will join in and help us understand their process and how they attack their work. I am your vengeful janitor with a giant magical hammer and podcast host, Zach McCrary. I've already kind of laid it out for you, so I had a chance to read some super fun books. And I'm quite frankly, pretty dang jazzed to tell you about them. So let's not waste any time. Just a quick reminder, I would like to let you know also that if you want to support the show, you can hang some dollars on the money tree over at patreon.com forward slash TCTWL. We'll give you a shout out on the show. And there are some levels for cool stuff like getting episodes a few days early before they normally dropped, as well as my extra show, The post credit Scene, where me and my guests continue our conversation after recording the comics that we love. I also post some written stuff over there sometimes just to keep the patrons abreast of what's going on with the comics that we love. Plus more to come. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash TCTWL. And now, without further ado, you love comics, I love comics, here are some more of the comics that we love. Or will love, at least. Okay, so up first is issue number one of the Top Cow Image comic, Haunt You Till the End, written by Ryan Cady, art by Andrea Muti, and letters from Frank Kvetkovic. Kvetkovic, I think I got that. This is very much a spooky romp. It takes place in the future after we've failed to save the planet, and the hothouse Earth has happened. There's big nasty weather events, and there are sections of the planet that are just no longer habitable. We're following an eccentric billionaire who likes going on what he calls excavations, where he goes to haunted places and collects artifacts. We first meet him collecting Vincent Price's star from the Walk of Fame in a desolate and empty Hollywood, and also visiting the Cecil Hotel. And if you don't know about the Cecil Hotel, look that up. Trust me. So this guy invites a reporter named Matt Park to go with him on his latest excavation because Park is always talking mad smack on him in his pieces, and he intends to prove the existence of life after death in this next outing and wants Park to be there to witness it. The trip begins, and we get a look at the cursed island they're heading to, and things go wrong pretty much immediately. I won't ruin that for you, though. This issue really is just setting us up for what's to come, but it's definitely caught my attention. I love a good haunting story, and Moody's kind of like inked 
watercolor style lends itself to a horror comic beautifully. It's doing it for me. It really is. Issue number two is coming out on the same day this episode drops, and I'm looking forward to checking it out to get more questions answered and really get to the meat and potatoes of what's going on. If you dig scary stuff, I'd suggest you do it too. Next is Star Signs number one and two from Image Comics, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Megan Levins. Colors are Kelly Fitzpatrick and letters from Sean Lee. This looks like it's going to be a fun superpowers and sci-fi comic. The art is slick and clean and the colors pop off the page. Very vibrant and pretty. The story sees yet another super rich guy on a mission to watch the constellations disappear from the night sky. We don't know why it's happening or how he knows or what he does. And our main character then is Rana Fawai, a normal gal living in Brooklyn who works as a caterer who suddenly realizes she now has the power to stop time. Of course, it's going to wind up tying into the loss of the constellations. That's pretty clear. And the book left us on an interesting cliffhanger that picked right up in issue number two. And now we're starting to see that there's a bunch of people who all got different powers thanks to whatever is happening. Shape-shifting, emotional manipulation, all kinds of stuff. And and the crazy billionaire and his muscle, Tatiana, are out to gather them all up for whatever reason. That's still up in the air. But overall, I'm enjoying Star Signs. Issue number three comes out again the week this episode drops. So that's pretty exciting. You might recall that one of the books I started a while back, I think while I was away in Vietnam, was the comic Mosley from Boom Studios. All five issues of this miniseries have been released, and I went through it from front to back. It was written by Rob Guillory, illustrated by Sam Lofty, colored by Jean-Francois Bellieu, and lettered by Andrew Thomas. This was a fun read. It smacks of the Matrix and the Terminator in its view of the future with the advancement of artificial intelligence and technology as a whole. The whole story revolves around letting AI get too smart with the plan that the more it understands us, the better it can help us, save us from ourselves kind of thing. Our main character, Marvin Mosley, is a military vet with an eye to the future, always wanting to be part of something bigger to save the day. So he takes part in the trials that ultimately gave the AIs what they needed to quietly take control of the human race. Now he's a grizzled old janitor at a high school. This is definitely a story about being wary of technology and what it can lead to if left unchecked. Is it really making our lives better or is it convincing us it is while really stripping away our humanity? Don't worry though, there's tons of action and Marvin gets a magical hammer that he uses to fuck the robot overlords days up real nice he dies of a heart attack after being mugged in an alley and is chosen by some golden higher power to quote save my people it's serious dicks ex machina stuff uh we we never get an explanation as to what this thing that imbues marvin with magical powers is but it really isn't necessary to know and in the end it's kind of cool that we get to create our own conclusions to that the art from Sam Lofty, Lotfi is solid. I really like his interpretation of this dystopian, mechanized future. And I like that Marvin really does look like just a normal dude in his 50s, a little worse for wear. I mean, minus the fact that he's built like a Mack truck anyway. But you can see that the, 
the dude is taking a beating when he's out there. He's not in the greatest of shape. And Marvin is our narrator. And I think that that was a super important decision and makes the book so much more than it would have been otherwise. Much of the story is action and the story just keeps moving forward outside of some really important key conversations between Marvin and his family. I won't spoil where the book ends us, but I will say that Galori's idea of where things would go in such a situation, I think, is spot on with the tendencies of humans in such situations. I enjoyed this comic a lot. I think it would make an awesome movie. And I already cast Marvin Mosley in my head. 100% give me a film adaptation where Michael J. White is our grizzled janitor turned warrior savior. His voice was Marvin's through the whole thing for me. Or is it Michael Jai White? Whichever. I think it's Michael Jai White. Don't Anyway, don't sleep on Mosley. Seriously, it was a lot of fun. And I, I'm sure that a collection is going to be out anytime now. So I'm a huge Cullen Bunn guy. He's one of the masters of horror comics in the modern age for sure. So I knew I'd have to check out Lamentation. This one is released by Oni Press, like I said, written by Cullen Bunn with art from Arhuna or Aryuna Sassini, colors from Hillary Jenkins and letters from Simon Boland. This is a biggin'. Issue number one of Lamentation is 40 plus pages long. It was like $6.99 and the next issue will be out, uh, will be as well. I believe all of the issues are like 48 pages of fear is what it says on the, the front of the book. Uh, this is a horror mystery as a group of actors are trapped inside an abandoned theater and forced to learn the play Razid's Lament. They know that if they perform the play and the audience is happy with it, they will be allowed to leave, but they don't know who was trapping them or how or why. There's just no doors. There's no way out. Obviously, there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on here, too. The first issue follows Jennifer, a young actress hungry to make a splash in the theater scene. Quickly through her, when she arrives at the audition, we learn the truth of her situation. And the art in this book is dark in all the right ways. It really makes this this giant theater there in feel claustrophobic. Like, the darkness is slowly sliding in and suffocating you. What's also fun is that whenever they're practicing the play, suddenly they're not on this dingy old stage anymore. The story is happening for real, and the actors are their characters. It remains to be seen if they're experiencing that, or if it's just a fun art trick to keep the readers interested. I'm not sure which I'd prefer, honestly. I dig where this is going, so I'll be snagging issue two of Lamentation from Colin Bunn for sure. Uh, I saw that it was supposed to have released already this past week on uh, on the the 7th, but I, I can't find it. So I'll have to keep digging, or maybe it got pushed back. I don't know. So a bunch of the comics I read this week are part of an initiative at DC called We Are Legends, spinning out of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders month here in the States. DC started releasing... Three different miniseries centered around brand new characters from those backgrounds. Uh, they all sprung out of first appearances in the Lazarus Planet event that happened recently, and then into their own minis. I was super excited to hear about this, 
and have been looking forward to getting to read them. I mentioned this recently on the I Read Comic Books podcast, too, but I'll reiterate it for you if you didn't hear it there. So, little little personal stuff here. So, my fiancé and my stepson are Vietnamese, and my stepson is very into superheroes, specifically Spider-Man and Superman. And uh, in Vietnam, there's tons of manga about Asian characters, but the the superhero fair is strictly the top-tier white dude characters. So as superheroes go, that's basically all he knows. So the idea of DC introducing more characters of Asian descent, I think, is really cool. Subin and I, that's that's his name, by the way, Subin, we really connected over our love of comics and superheroes and adding to the small but growing steadily pool of Asian heroes that he can read about and see himself in is just so awesome. And I want to introduce him to characters like Silk and Cassandra Kane Batgirl or Kong Kinnan, the new Superman or Lin Lei, the Iron Fist and, and the Team Tiger Division. And now with these new characters, I hope to introduce them to him as well. Okay, so enough of me getting gushy on the podcast. Not that that's not what I always do on this podcast, but let's talk the comics themselves, shall we? First up is a book from the DC uh, initiative I was talking about called Spirit World, written by Alyssa Wong, art from Heining, uh, Sebastian Chang on colors, and Janice Chang on lettering. I read issues one and two of this miniseries, and man, I was not disappointed. In Lazarus Planet Dark Fate number one, we saw Cassandra Kane Batgirl, John Constantine, I know it's Constantine, but it's just the way my brain remembers his name, and new character named Xanthe Zhao, uh, and they have to try to banish a bunch of gang, uh, or this, this gang of Jiangxi, which are Chinese hopping vampires, back to the spirit world, and in the process... Cassie gets dragged along with them, but also Xanthi, who is from there, got her connection severed in the fight. So when we pick up, uh, it's, it is Xanthi and Constantine talking, and uh, it, this whole thing follows the two of them as they attempt to get back to the spirit world and save Cassie before she gets eaten alive by the spirits, because over there, live humans... Uh, they smell a real good and taste yum num numbers. So Xanthi is an interesting new character who is kind of like a dealer of goods to the dead. So in Chinese tradition, there is a holiday where you burn fake money for your ancestors so they can have it to use in the afterlife. And many Asian cultures have traditions of leaving offerings for the dead. And like the, there's this stuff called joss paper that you fold things into and you burn them uh, like fruit, beer, cigarettes, you name it. There's always beer next to my fiance's grandfather's shrine, so he must have really loved beer. But then what happens uh, when there's no one left who remembers you and you're not getting offerings anymore? Enter Xanthi. So they're both, she, yeah, they're, they're both alive and dead and can go between the realms. So they can bring these kind of lost souls, the things they need in the form of, like I said, burning joss paper that's been folded into the shape of the items that they want. That's one of their powers, actually. Burning Joss paper and creating the objects they're folded into. Think origami. Like, they have this little sword. It burns, and boom, giant broadsword. 
basic power set we've seen so far are summoning, pyrokinesis, and exorcism. I love Heining's artwork for this comic. She draws such expressive faces, and her style is great for action sequences. It really makes them feel bombastic, and oh man, her interpretation of the spirit world is stunningly gorgeous. I like where this story is going. We've got John and Xanthi trying to find Cassie while she is just trying to survive in the spirit world, making some new friends along the way named Bowen and a tiny, cute, magical, badass grandma named Popo. There is a bit of mystery going on in the spirit world as well that is slowly unfolding its- itself, which has me intrigued. If Man, don't, don't sleep on this one, folks. I, of all three of them, and I'm going to tell you about the other two, which and I really enjoyed them, but this this one really has me the most. This one has me the most captivated. So definitely check out Spirit World. It's on its second issue, like I said. Issue three's got to be coming soon. Next up was The Vigil, also a miniseries. Uh, I read the first two issues here as well. This one is by writer Ram V., who is amazing, and if you haven't heard my episode about his book, The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, it's episode 71 with uh, guest star Tessa Gray. Go check it out. The artist in this book is Lalit Kumar Sharma. Colors by Rain Barado and letterer Dave Sharp. This comic is about a team of vigilante metahumans created by the Indian government. The twist, the guy who created this team lied to the government and said it was a failure, but now the team works for a faceless rich benefactor named Mr. Lightless. Their job is to go and find harmful new technology and destroy it before it can get out of its infancy and be used out in the world. And they're willing to kill everyone to do it. There are some pretty brutal scenes. So this team is made up of a liaison to Mr. Lightless named Nia Saha, the guy who created the team, the uh, Professor X, if you will, Dr. Sanakaran, the team's guy at the keyboard named Castle, and then there's the others. So Doc told Nia Saha that he took broken people and broke them a little more in hopes of making something special. So each member of the team had something that happened to them that the Doc exploited. Like, Saya was born with Ehlers-Dahlos Syndrome, so this means that there is skin, his skin isn't attached to the rest of his body, and his bones are semi-elastic, so he got a scanner mask, and they put pigment implants under his skin so that the mask can scan other people's faces, and then he can mimic them for a short time, like he's kind of clay-facey in a way, like a science version of Mystique. Then there's Dodge, who was born with a ton of extra-fast twitch muscle fibers. So Doc reinforced her skeletal structure to help her body cope with the strain, and now she moves so fast the cameras can't pick her up. There's also Arclight, this guy named Akib, who was Indian military before. We don't know for sure what happened in his past, but it looks like his family died in a bad chemical accident, and he kind of went Punisher because of it. He can manipulate electricity... Uh, don't know if it's a power or if it's a suit yet, but the dude is a badass. The first two issues did a good job of laying out the basics of who this team is, what they do, and the fact that there is this creepy black-eyed assassin who is searching for Mr. Lightless. I'm excited to see where Ram V takes these characters and how all these characters will intertwine eventually. I want to know more about them, and I want to see who Mr. Lightless is and what his deal is. 
The fact that I have so many questions is a good thing. Ram V has me locked in. And the third book in the We Are Legends initiative was City Boy from the amazing Greg Pak with art from Minkyu Jung, colors from Sunny Go, and letters from Wes Abbott. Once again, I read the first two issues. This one takes place in Metropolis, where a young Korean-American vagrant named Cameron happens into a secret science lair where a guy is attempting to convene with the living consciousness of the city. And Cameron is imbued with abilities to see through the eyes of the living consciousness of Metropolis and also seems to be able to bend it to his will, like by making a giant dragon out of the rubble of of a building, for example. Yeah, so basically... He wasn't supposed to get this power, but it accidentally went to him instead when the experiment was happening. There's also a layer of the story concerning Cameron being abandoned by his mother when he was a little kid and going to live with his grandpa, but we haven't touched on that too much yet. I'm sure we'll learn more about it, and it will help us get to know why he is the way he is. Cameron comes across as super stoic and as someone who doesn't believe he deserves anything good in life. I mean, he lives in a basement with just a mattress, and survives by going scavenger hunting around the city every day, looking for dropped money or lost items that he can then sell at pawn shops. I really like where this story's going. We see Intergang get involved at the behest of none other than Darkseid. They want Cameron for some reason, and they have the scientists working for them who initially made Cameron who he is. And by the end of issue two, Cameron comes face-to-face with the penultimate citizen of Metropolis, if you catch my drift. So, this kid is in over his head at this point, and I'm excited to see where the story goes. The art's amazing. I really like Min-Kyu Jung's art. There are moments where, due to the carnage of what Cameron can do, I get hard Akira vibes. Like, the kind of mayhem Tetsuo causes when his powers start to get the best of him. This is a fun and unique tale in the world of DC Comics, and with the inclusion of Superman and Darkseid, who knows what could happen next. But I'll tell you, I want to see it. And that's going to be all the books that I read for this week, folks. I've got to jump back into my normally scheduled plans now, get some, uh, get some graphic novels read for an upcoming episode of the show that I'll be recording, and for a guest appearance on the Comic Book Keepers podcast, so keep your eyes peeled to that show because i'll be popping up there pretty soon as well hope everybody has a great week get some comics read and now future zach hit that outro and that's a wrap for this week if you enjoyed the show please give us a five-star review and leave us a user review on your favorite podcast app it'll really help the show continue to grow and find new listeners you know what else will tell a friend tell 10 If they like comics, they should know about the comics that we love. If you want to support the show and get lots of extra podcasts and other content as well, there is a Patreon that helps keep the lights on and internet connected so that we can continue bringing you that sweet nerd media. Links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, keep reading, keep dreaming, peace. Comics that we love.